0: You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is Will Mavity's interview with the composer for Minari, Emil Masseri.
1: You. Hey, how are you? I'm doing great, man. Doing great. Loved re-listening to your score. You know, it's I can't wait till it's on Spotify. It's pretty fantastic stuff. Awesome. Thanks so much, man. I'm so glad you like it. Yeah, it'll be on Spotify soon enough. Uh, you know, hopefully, yeah, by, by February for sure. Yeah. So uh, I guess we'll, we'll jump right in. Um, I, I know that apparently you kind of studied under or with Nick Bertel Tell me a little bit about kind of working under Nicholas Bertel and being the new indie wonderkin in the indie film composing world. Uh, I did not actually study under him or work with him ever. Um, I am,
2: however, a huge fan of his work. And I met him at Sundance in 2019 or 2018. Uh, for last black man, last black man in San Francisco, and um, he was super generous with his, you know, encouragement and and had said kind things about the score and was super generous with his time, and uh, sort of helped me sort of navigate um, being dropped into this industry in a way. You know, he was. I'm a huge fan of his work and he was super being kind of like a mentor to me as far as like, yeah. you know, these are people you want to work with. These are people like, he, you know, like he has people that he uses that um, to mix his scores or as that he'd recommend it or people that, you know, or just even just taking it, getting a job offered and talking through it with me. He's been like, I mean, he's been sort of like a, uh an inspiration and a mentor.
0: Um
1: but uh and obviously I'm a huge fan of his work as as we all are. Yeah. So you um you know you mentioned last man and black man in San Francisco and that was really the first time I had noticed your work. How did you kind of navigate from starting there to a film like Minari? You mean creatively or um... how did you land on this project? And then I kind of, at what point did you get on this? Were you here from the start? Did you come in once it was shot? I came in on uh, this project before they started shooting. This was the
2: first time I'd been um, brought on board from the script stage, which was a dream for me. I was thrilled Mm to, to work that way. You know, I'd, I'd kind of came together naturally because I'd, done a few films for plan B. I did last black man, San Francisco. And then, um, the was another plan B film that I'd finished right before Christina. O, the producer of both last black man and Minari reached out to me about, um, she came to my studio and told me about Minari and, uh, sent me the script and, uh, we'd sort of taken it from there. Um, but, uh, she'd, she'd, uh, Send me the script and I'd met Isaac and we started talking about music and started talking about his film. I fell in love with his, his film from the script stage and then I came down to Tulsa where they were shooting and we uh, had uh, I just started writing some sketches for that I'd written sort of in the spirit of his film without seeing it yet because it was in the process of being made and then it was cool to see how that approach could be fruitful you know it was just it was uh, you know the, the music was had room to breathe in a way that that I was was really exciting to me because harry harry Yu and the incredible editor had um of me you know, I had sort of stretched out certain scenes to fit certain cues i'd written and mm. placed different melodies in certain places that i wouldn't have thought to and it was a really deeply collaborative um experience between harry isaac and myself in in building the score in the film
1: Let's talk a little bit about some of your inspirations. I um I got a little bit of Riverman by Nick Dr- I'm just kidding. I I looked, at, I looked at your Spotify playlist. So I saw the uh I saw your like um Minari inspirations playlist. Whoa, I didn't realize, I didn't even realize that was public. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, that's good to know though. Brian Eno, little Arcade Fire kind of seemed like in there. I mean, overall, who did you kind of draw from for inspirations? For Minari, I mm-hmm. think the the,
2: rep, the that playlist might have been um, a Spotify playlist that I had made for uh, strings, like like the type of string treatment that I was... Um, it was a long time ago, but it was probably something that I had sent to... Uh, Brian, who, uh, sorry, Frank Wolf, who mixed the score, Catherine Joy, who'd uh, orchestrated it with me. So I think that that might've been where those inspirations came from. There wasn't any specific um, uh, stylistic reference that Isaac and I had in mind going into this film. It was very like, it was more about just trying to write something that, that spiritually felt connected to this, to the, to the film and, I think that, you know, we knew things that we wanted to avoid more than things that we wanted to sound like, like we wanted, you know, we wanted to, we didn't want it to have um, like Korean music references in the, in the score. We didn't want the music to sound um, stylistically Korean. We didn't also, it's a very American story too. And Mm -hmm. we didn't really, you know, it's, about the American dream, this family moving to this new place. And I think that, uh, we wanted to also make sure we didn't have like a very like Americana, like twangy acoustic guitar score either. Like, so we knew things that we didn't want, but as far as what we, we did want, it was sort of just, it came from a more emotional place than, um, stylistic references. Like we, we're just trying to figure out like what does childhood memory sound like and how does um like how can we write music that would be thematically connected to 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 jacob the stephen newton's character's connection with to the land like he has this this spiritual connection to the land and how can we find ways that like what is the musical language that, that that would score essentially what's Isaac's childhood memories, you know? Yeah. You know, I think that was the exciting challenge there.
1: You mentioned, uh, obviously, both you didn't want to have like a Korean sound and you talk about it's tied to the land. I know you have two songs, the wind song and the rain song, that uh, incorporate lyrics in Korean into them. Uh, and obviously- Yeah, are- yeah, that was really fun. Um, the, And those lyrics are- are
2: um poems that are about the land you know they both have are different elements but i think that yeah the rain song was really fun they both were really fun the rain song was first and that one actually appears in the film and that was a song that we'd written that i had written in english to the melody of, the, of one of the cues in the in the film the one that opens the film so that piece of music essentially bookends the film and when it closes the film, it's uh, it's uh, has lyrics now. It's a lyrical version, and uh, we got Yeti, the the actress that plays um, Monica in the film, to sing it because it was kind of like this lullaby
1: yeah.
2: from a mother to a son, you know. Um, and we it was translated by Stephanie Hong, like the lyrics I wrote were changed and rewritten and the phrasing had to translate to Korean. So we had uh, uh, Stephanie Han, an amazing lyricist, write the Korean lyrics. And then and then Yeti sang it from Korea and sent us these memos. And it was a really just magical experience overall. It was exciting to, to have that come together that way, that kind of collaboration. I'd never worked that way before, so it was really thrilling. And then Wind Song, we did the same, was the same, kind of team we we were talking about like it was getting the band back together like for the album we made another song you know stephanie and yeti and isaac and i uh got together and you know it was during covid but through emails you know electronically got together and uh made wind song as sort of a, a cousin or a companion piece to rain song.
1: Yeah, well, honestly, uh, are they going to submit you for uh, original song consideration as well for uh, for Rain Song, since it sounds like it's all completely original for this film?
2: Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I believe so. Um, which is exciting too, because I've never written a song for a film before. You know, I it's always I always love to have a song on the album or a song with vocals or lyrics on a on the record and the score albums. You know but with last black man, it was a cover of, uh, if, if you're going to San Francisco, Yeah, we did with Mike Marshall and then with Kajillionaire, we did, um, Angel Olson and I made a track, uh, like a, a cover of Bobby Vitton's Mr. Lonely, which was a dream working with Miranda and Angel on that. But there were, but those were both covers. So this is the first time that we've done original songs, um, for an album which for a film which is which is fun i'd love to do more of that honestly yeah because I, I it's sort of where i come i come from i've been in bands my whole life and writing songs and it's it to me it's all kind of the same thing scores and songwriting and i i would love to any you know i was just really grateful for the opportunity to write a song for the film like that's that's a dream if that if if the film calls for it, if there's space for it, you know, organically.
3: Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.
2: Hello, this is Gary Chahot welcoming you to check out the French History Podcast. Our main show covers the history of France from the first humans until present, Learn what you love and listen to the French History Podcast
1: today. Well, uh, yeah, I, uh, I know that you, you've been part of the dig for a while and you, you do vocals and bass for that, right? Mm-hmm. So when it came to the work here, uh, I, I know that there are some just vocal backgrounds in some of the other tracks, and obviously there's some guitar work, there's piano there's strings, there's a little synth. What are you playing?
2: I'm singing and on 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 Minari, you talking about? Yeah, yeah. I I'm singing and playing piano and playing um guitar, acoustic guitar, and playing synth. And then uh we have like a we recorded a string section in Macedonia. Um and we had 40 strings and then we had woodwinds and brass that I recorded here in LA at my studio. So um, it was sort of a mixed bag, but um, it was it was cool to be able to sing on this score because I always like to incorporate vocals in, in the scores. And I think that uh, for Last Black Man, we had this amazing vocalist Camila Gibson and this vocalist Ralph Cato singing the sort of baritone um there's a richness that Sounds like so good the human voice brings into the to the to the score like if you can build it into the sort of tapestry or the if it can be baked into the batter of the score like the human voice it, there's something very visceral about it that people can connect to you know it's literally human, you know you're literally breathing air, breathing life into the score, you know. And we did that with um Kajillionaire too. I, I had uh Diadocia Rousseau, this amazing vocalist who sang, who actually played English horn on Last Black Man, but she sang on Kajillionaire sort of in this sort of stratosphere type of theremin quality singing that she has. It was a it was a, it was uh a big part of that score. So for Minari it was fun to to sing Myself on the score, you know, like I'd, I'd never done that before in a score, so it kind of happened organically where I was singing the sketches, and then, um, uh, it it was working for Isaac, and I was thinking about maybe replacing the vocals, but then I, at a certain point, you don't want to poke the bear, you know, if you, if the yeah director's happy and and it's working on an emotional level with the film then it's like okay we, we don't have to replace it so
1: um that was really exciting for me and and i'm grateful for for that uh, you talked about synth a little bit um I, I was curious about having synth in here like in the paul's uh antiphany track uh, a couple other ones there, there's definitely a lot of synth at play here How did you guys decide to incorporate that? Was it the nostalgia idea or? The synth was kind of, yeah, it was sort of a light nod to the, to the,
2: to the eighties, you know, to this film taking place in the eighties. But I didn't want the synths to sound, to announce themselves as synthetic or synthesizers or eighties, you know, I, so I would double the synths with flutes, to try to have some sort of a synthetic element like blended with an organic element so that it would mm-hmm. be the sort of unidentifiable sound, but still kind of feel loosely connected to the eighties,
1: but not in an overt way, you know? Yeah. Were there any other kind of unorthodox instruments you incorporated? Not particularly other. There was one instrument. I mean, it's, it's my acoustic guitar. I have an old acoustic guitar
2: from the forties. Oh, that's cool. That I detuned, that I detuned. Um, very, very low, you know, um, as low as it could handle really, and still have any kind of recognizable intonation. So I detuned the acoustic guitar and, and doubled it with this sort of, um, saloon style piano so that it feels... Sort of unidentifiable as an acoustic guitar in certain places. It just feels like maybe more like an upright bass, but or in between, or a baritone type of thing. So it's sort of to give this
1: score a sort. It's sort of bass that might. That's the only other thing. Your, your piano sound in this really has an interesting echo to it. Was there something you guys did with the recording to kind of give it almost a, uh, I don't know, like a vastness when you listen to it with a lot of the piano playing?
2: yeah it's a good question i i recorded it with a microphone with like a with a nice professional microphone you know or whatever you'd call it and then i'd also recorded the same performance with my iphone and then doubled it and and panned them wide so that there's more of a stereo field or a wider stereo field so that it feels more expansive that might be what Mm. um hopefully that's that's translating you know yeah i've done that and then also like i said doubled it with the acoustic guitar to make it sound not to give it a, a different character
1: what are you working on next uh i'm working on a film
2: called when you finish saving the world which is a uh a film that uh a twenty four and fruit tree. This uh, production company, Fruit Tree, are, are producing um, that Jesse Eisenberg is writing and directing. Oh, cool! Yeah, which is exciting and um, in early stages of that process. I haven't shot the film yet, but uh, I'm working on that, and I'm working on my record. Um, you know, I'm, my own record, and I'm working on stuff with Human Love and and um this group that that uh we we just uh put out a an e p and we're working on new music and uh yeah just just having my hands in different things in in film and and uh songwriting and just trying to stay busy during this uh crazy time you know
1: yeah, well, you, you've given us some wonderful scores this year. I can't wait for everyone to be able to hear this. And uh, I guess hopefully we see you in the Oscar race for not one but two categories this year with score and song. So.
2: Yeah, well, wow, thanks. Thanks so much. And,
1: yeah, I'm grateful
2: just to be in the conversation. It's it's an exciting time, and it's just exciting to be part of this film. I feel really lucky that I've been uh, invited into these uh, incredible films by these incredible filmmakers. and uh, I'm excited for people to see Minari. It's a really special one.
1: Yeah, it really is. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk, and uh, I, I can't wait to hear some more of your work in the future. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thanks, Will. And and uh, yeah, I
2: appreciate you you taking the time to talk, and yeah, I'm looking forward to, to
1: touching base soon. Sounds great. Thanks so much.
0: Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Will Mavity's interview with the composer for Minari. Emile Masseri here on the Next Best Picture podcast. Minari is currently shortlisted for the 93rd Academy Awards for Best Original Score and Best Original Song and is now playing in select theaters. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can listen to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can lend on over at Patreon,